0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to Motivated with Liberty. This is Liberty Bernal, and I couldn't be happier to introduce you to officially one of my most favorite humans on the planet. His name is Brian Lamalott, and he is one half of Brian and Chris, um, who are these amazing people who are embarking on the journey of parenthood. But it has not been without its hiccups and its challenges and I personally find so much motivation and inspiration and just joy for them um When I hear their story, I am friends with these two, and I'm so grateful for it, and I feel like I'm now part of their journey, but I really wanted to share it, and I could ramble forever, but Brian, welcome to Motivated.
1: Hi, Libby. Thanks for having me.
0: (laughs) You are so welcome. (laughs) Thank you so much. I I, I, I found it to be easy to get you to be on this podcast, <laughs> which I'm grateful for. Of but course. I think, Brian, it's because you already are sharing your story and you have a gazillion followers, as it is. <laughs> um, I mean, literally hundreds of thousands of people who want to know what's happening with you and Chris on TikTok. You have huge Instagram following, but... It goes pretty deep and that's what I was hoping you would share is a little bit more about you and about Chris and your growing family and what you've been through because I think you'll inspire a lot of people listening today about just continuing to go forward and not letting, not letting the challenges get in the way.
1: No, absolutely. Like you said, we've been through a lot. So we're grateful to be where we're at today and have definitely um, learned a lot along the way through all the ups and downs.
0: Yeah. So tell us more about you, both of you, and your life and and why you're here talking today. Sure.
1: Um, Yeah, so Chris and I have been together Gosh, uh, just over ten years. Um, that's a long time for gay years. So it's probably like dog years. So you times <laughs> it by seven. So it's like been seventy years that we've been together. <laughs> um, but no, we've been together total ten years. Um, married for just over five. We celebrated our five year wedding anniversary in October. Yay. And um, I know, yay! <laughs> and um, we we actually met online well before the Tinder days. Um, and you know, it's very, um, it's a lot more difficult to meet um, someone if you happen to be gay, um, in a normal way, you know, you can't just assume that you go to a bar and you see this cute guy and you assume that he's gay, uh (laughs) you know, so um, it might not work out for you if you did, if you did it that way. But, um, we met online and, um, Chris was currently living in, uh, in San Diego when we met and I was living in Temecula wine country where I was working. And, um, I moved down to San Diego about a year, a little over a year after Chris and I's relationship kicked off. And um, we bought our first house together in San Leo Hills um, back in 20, um, 2012. Mm-hmm. And then um, from there, we uh, moved downtown for a little bit. I was working um, in, ho- in hotels before the pandemic and we wanted to do the downtown vibe because we had already started talking about wanting to grow our family. But before that, we were like, let's get this downtown High rise experience over with, and we were down there for about 15 months. And then now we have found ourselves back in Carlsbad, um, closer to where Chris works. Chris owns a um, biotech lab, it's family owned. He's been with um, his family's company for, gosh, 17, 18 years. Could be more wow. than that. If he was here, he would totally correct me. But yeah, say,
0: like, um, it's a long time in Yeah, words, so, uh, actually, yeah. it's
1: probably closer to 20 years. And um, And so um, he is now the COO of this company. And um, I'm happy. We're happy to be back closer um, to his company. Just because when we were living downtown, the commute was pretty wretched. And Mm. I was still working downtown with hotels. um, I did sales and marketing. And um, unfortunately, you know, when the pandemic happened, um, I got laid off. Mm. And um, which was around the same time that we officially decided that we wanted to move forward with, um, building our family. Um, wow. and you know, there's so many different options when, 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 that came into play. I mean, we were thinking of adoption, we were thinking of foster care. Uh, we thought of surrogacy. Um, and ultimately at the end of the day, surrogacy is what we went with. Um, it wasn't a, um, an as easy of a decision as most people might think. A lot of people are thinking, oh, that's the route most people take. You know, and there's so many different ins and outs of all of those options. And we really had to do some soul searching to kind of figure out what was best for us. Right. Um, and, and ultimately, surrogacy was that option for us because um, we really wanted to expand our family. Um, biologically and genetically, you know, we wanted um, a mini me of our own. Um, Mm -hmm. And once we realized that's what we wanted, we um, started doing our research. And, you know, unfortunately, there's not there wasn't a whole lot of um, uh, resources available, at least for us in the beginning, because we had no idea what we were, (laughs) what we were getting ourselves into and what we had to do. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we just kind of started on Google. And then we met with A friend of ours who um, had a friend who owned uh, a surrogacy agency or still does own a surrogacy agency in Carlsbad. Um, And so we were able to casually meet with them and really ask a lot of genuine and open questions. And they were very generous with the information and what we could potentially expect. Obviously, everyone's journey, pregnancy journey is different. Um, And after kind of gaining that information, they kind of guided us a little bit more to... Um, you know, what the next steps should be for for us. Um, and so we kind of took their advice and went from there.
0: Wow. And I think you, some things that you've just said stood out so much. One is it was hard to find information, which is so wild because you're embarking on one of the biggest, <laughs> most important things in <laughs> life to ex- expand your family. I know. And Yeah, that's why I I do feel so grateful that you and Chris have been so open about sharing your journey and helping to educate people, because obviously, if you felt that way, other people do or have or will. And, you know, I know from there, it still wasn't so easy, right? It still wasn't like, oh, great, you find a surrogate and here we go and here we go and boom, you know, you've been through through quite a lot. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, And I think that's where the most inspiration comes from. So do you mind sharing, you know, what happened from there?
1: Yeah, yeah. And um, I was going to say, like, uh, don't we wish that that our journey would have been (laughs) so much easier and without the pain and the... The emotions but at the end of the day i think it's something we're always going to remember the good and the bad and it's really going to make us appreciate and love our little miracles even more um just because it 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 was definitely an adventure um to get to this point and we're still not over we still have yeah. some time left before they get here which is so crazy yeah, so um crazy. But yeah, let's, let's, we can, we can totally recap it. So, um, like I mentioned, June of 2020, it was right in the middle of the pandemic. Um, I lost my job and that's right when Chris and I started, um, our journey. And so we were directed to La Jolla IVF, Dr. David Smatrick and his team who are amazing. Um, such a great group of people. He, um, has been in his industry for gosh, 30 plus years. Um, and his success, his success rates, um, were very high. Um, and he came highly recommended. And so, you know, Chris and I wanted to make sure first and form, foremost that we could create a family using mm-hmm. obviously our own sperm. And we had no idea. We had no idea if our sperm was rock solid, if, <laughs> if our numbers were like through the roof or wow. if they were lower than we expected or pipe by, by some chance, um, that, one of us would be infertile in regards to sperm count and sperm viability. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we, we wanted to get all of that out of the way. We got all all of our infectious disease screenings completed, which was required as well as a psych screen screening as well of both of us to make sure that we were um, the right type of people to expand a family via surrogacy, which is quite um, hard to wrap yourself around when you get, when you, when you hear that, because you're Mm -hmm. thinking, well, all these, uh, there's all these other people out there who can see it naturally who don't have to like right. psych, psych evaluation. Why, why do we have to? And I guess it's because since we are missing a, a piece of that puzzle and we are paying for it out of pocket financially, that they want to just make sure that it's you know still a good fit. Yeah. So, luckily, we passed our psych screening with flying colors, our sperm count and viability came back well above average, which was really really nice to know because, like I mentioned, if one of us or both of us um, hit a snag in that, that might've changed our direction as to building a family. If only say one of us could provide healthy, healthy enough sperm to create a family. Uh-huh. Um, and so once that was finished, um, we were then asked, we, we then asked our um, IVF doctor and uh, agencies that he could re- recommend. And he did recommend our, our friend's agency that lived or that's based here in Carlsbad um, as well as another agency based in San Diego, um, specifically in the Chula Vista area called SAI, or Surrogate Alternatives Incorporated. Um, and that ultimately was the agency that we went with. Um, SAI has been so good to us. Um, it's been... Um, it's, 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 our experience with them has definitely had some ups and downs, but they've always made it right, and they've always been our cheerleaders and our, and our rock stars. And so, um, th- like I said, they have come... So far, with us from the very beginning, and um, we ultimately pretty much started the process as far as signing with them. And then once we had signed our contracts and paid the agency fee, they pretty much opened up the entire database to us as far as surrogates um, and egg donors. Mm -hmm. Um, And at the time, we didn't, we weren't one hundred percent financially ready to pay for both because obviously, when you sign and you say you want to do egg donors and surrogacy. Um, you, there, there's, there, are two separate costs. So mm-hmm. at that point in time, we said, let's for sure get the embryos done because we can afford that. We can, we can, let's find an egg donor. Let's hopefully have a successful egg retrieval. Let's get these eggs fertilized and, and, you know, regroup after that point. Um, and so with that process, um, was a little overwhelming because their database was so large. Um, but what was nice is that they were help. they were super helpful. And they were able to help us reduce um, the number of candidates by by certain criteria that we were um, asking for or or requiring. Um, for to give you guys a little bit of a background, I'm half Japanese and half Eastern European or Caucasian. <laughs> um, and Chris is a full-on white boy. He's from he's he's French, German, and, and um, French, German, and English. And originally, we really wanted to find an egg donor that was that had similar genetics to me with the Japanese and the Caucasian component. So that way, um, the babies, which I don't know if I've mentioned, we were, all, we were wanting twins, um, mm-hmm. one from each of us. We wanted them to be a blend of both of us. Yeah. And so that was kind of like our, our, our main goal. And luckily, we, we did come across one pretty quickly. I shouldn't say one, but we came across a lovely lady um, based um, here in California that did have that genetic... Um, uh, balance that we wanted. And um, she had done uh, egg donors in the past, or she, she was an egg donor in the past, but it had been some time since her last uh, transfer. And so she was wanting to discuss this new potential um, opportunity with her husband, because they were also talking about um, creating their own family, um, coincidentally, at the same time that we were wanting to to create ours. And so we gave her a little bit of time. And ultimately, she said that they really wanted to try for their family and that she was going to pass on being an egg donor for us which was you know a little sad because we were really really hoping like wow we found someone that actually worked out she lived local or you know local as far as being california west coast um and then to have it not work out was a little bit of a a disappointment but um you know there we were still hopeful um to hopefully find someone else that's similar to her and they just weren't uh, coming up. And so Chris had mentioned well before this process, he's like, I would love to have a mini me, whether that means it's a boy or a girl um, with my blue eyes. He's like, I love my blue eyes. You love my blue eyes. <laughs>
0: yeah, let's,
1: let's continue the the blue light journey. And so when we were having issues finding that special mix, I, you know, gave in and said, you know what, that's something that's super important to you. Yes. Let's, let's open up the, the, the search for, Um, women who live specifically in Southern California, hopefully in the San Diego area that was under a certain age that was blonde and blue eyed to kind of help guarantee those genetics because Chris has blue eyes. If she had blue eyes, it would be pretty much like a 99.9% guarantee that it would happen. And um, we did find someone pretty quickly and we started the process. And unfortunately with her, um, she had done so many um, donor transfers in the past, very successful donor transfers but by the time she got to us and she got screened by our IVF doctor, he noticed her numbers were very strong in the beginning of her of her journeys, and they started to deteriorate as the more that she had done it. And so he was like, "You know what? I just want to make sure that you have the most um, the best chances of getting a high um, number of eggs from your donor, and I don't recommend, um, this person as your donor because her numbers are significantly dropping and we don't want you to only end up with say five or six before you even get to fertilize them you know for example so we chose to end based off of our, dura- our doctor's recommendation chose to end um, that opportunity with, her- with our second egg donor that we looked at and then f- luckily found our third egg donor um, a few weeks later and she had only done it once before she had um, a great family health history. Um, and I don't know if a lot of people know this. So when you are screening and you're, and you're looking for egg donors or you're looking for circuits, in addition to photos, um, they give uh, a full background of family health history. Um, you know, if they have any specific, you know, um, diseases that m- might've have run it, ran their family, like cancer, things like that, um, health history as far as her kids, her husband, her husband's side of the family, the whole nine yards. So it's a, it's a very intimate um, glimpse into what her health history was and is along with her family. So you help, it helps you build a better understanding and, and know what you're potentially getting into if that person, say, has something that you might not have known right. um, without it. Um, and luckily, her her family health history was great. There were no major issues. Obviously, no one's perfect. So we obviously had to be somewhat flexible. Um, but uh, she matched with us as well, which matching just means that we selected her um, and she selected us. So in that process with egg donors and with surrogates, both sides have to match. So just because we might choose an egg donor that we are in love with based off mm-hmm. of her profile and we want to meet with her via Zoom or in person, um, she would have to reciprocate that same level of enthusiasm and, and, and agree to want to be part of it. Right, um, right. Luckily she totally did, which was good news for us. She went through her psych evaluation. She went through her whole medical screening. She passed with flying colors. Um, we signed our contract. She obviously had her um, fee that she collects by doing this um, and, and whatnot, as she should, she is helping us with a component that we, we don't have. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, And then she started her process with all the hormones and over over the course of um, about a month, month and a half, um, she developed a very healthy, um, very large number of eggs, which our IVF doctor was very um, surprised with because it was higher than even her first um, transfer that she did. Um, And if I'm remembering correctly, she had a total of, we received a total of 25 eggs from her um, retrieval, which was like, like I said, a, a big, big deal. And then they immediately um, screen all of those eggs to see which ones show um, a higher viability and higher chances of being a, a good com- uh, candidate for our, um, for our embryos. And after that screening was done, we went down from 25 to 22, um, okay. which was great. That's still it-
0: a good number, right?
1: Oh, yeah. Still a really good number. Um, And like I mentioned earlier, Chris and I were wanting to do twins. Um, That was something that we definitely agreed upon from the very beginning. We wanted to have one from each of us. So that was really great that we ended up with an even number. So then I had 11 eggs um, fertilized with my sperm and Chris had the other 11 fertilized with his sperm. And then from there, they um, are sent away to the lab um, safe and sound so they can... um, they can start do, start. They start the process and they eventually get to a step called blastosis, which uh, means that they have turned into um, an embryo at that, pe- at that point. And then from there, our IVF doctor and his lab team will do another screening, but it's a full genetic screening. So they'll test to make sure that there are no genetic defects. Um, gender was a part of this screening, so that was pretty exciting to be able to see um, or hear. Um, how many boys and how many girls we received um, between uh, the, the two of us and then also to, to make sure that they're still viable and strong all of the embryos we, were given a certain grade. Um, mm-hmm. The highest grade for an embryo would be AA and then it goes AB I can't remember if it goes to AC I think it does and then it starts with B, A, B, B BC and then C and then D and then it goes lower mm-hmm. um, and I was very nervous when this happened because or when, when they were going through blastosis, because I had asked our doctor, I was like, so we already lost three eggs from the 25 that we were originally given. Do you, is it, is it normal? Is it, is it the average to where we see a big drop in these number of eggs just so I can prepare myself? Or is it kind of like another small dip? And he's like, well, I can't guarantee anything just because these are preliminary um, screenings. But when they go out for the major screening, um, we'll have a better idea on what that is. And I was like, okay, that makes sense. But, but, but he's like, but I don't really foresee you going from 11 to like one. He's like, that would be very, very rare. And I'm like, okay, Lo- little did I know because our process had just started um, that we would be a very rare case <laughs> for a lot of things. Oh my um, gosh. Yeah, so unfortunately when all of our eggs came back with the, 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 the 22 eggs that were viable um, came back after blastosis, I went down from 11 to four eggs, which was quite a big, um, drop. Um, I was still grateful. Don't get me wrong. I was still grateful that I had four, but it was again, not something that I was expecting, not something our doctor thought would happen. Um, you know, that it was, that was more than 50%. So it was kind of like, oh gosh. Um, and then Chris, Chris's, um, scenario was much more the norm he went down from 11 to nine which was something that I was hoping we would end up at you know each of us would get a maybe seven eight or nine total yeah. um, but then in addition to the four that I had that were viable, two I had two additional embryos that came back blank mm. which was really um, kind of hard to to wrap my head around because I'm like how do they come back blank and he's like well it, it, it could mean that, um, there's there's no form of life that will that will be created from this, or the lab just didn't take um, enough of a sample to confirm um, if it's viable or not. And so mm. he's like, we won't know that until um, your transfer day. Once you get a surrogate, um, if we unfreeze them and we ha- or we defrost them and we send them out to the lab and rush it for them to retest them again. And I was like. Oh, so I was like, so technically, if we sent them out during our transfer, both of them could very well get reconfirmed as a no, or there could be a potential chance that one or both of them could come back as a yes. And he said, yes, that is is the case. I was like, okay, cool. Um, So at that point, we were left with four viable on my end and nine viable on Chris. So 13 viable eggs, which is a huge number between the both of us. Um, And we were so, so grateful for that. Um, And then obviously once that information came through, we took a little bit of time to process all of that and then obviously wait until we were ready to start the process of finding a surrogate.
0: Okay, Brian, this is where I'm going to be really mean to our listeners and I'm going to stop you and create a cliffhanger (laughs) because this is so much incredible detail that I think everyone is so grateful to receive and learn about and understand. But I also know that we'd likely be better off to save the rest of your story for our next episode. Is that okay with you?
1: No, absolutely. We have so much more to share. So I'm excited to to come back.
0: Oh my gosh. Yay. There is so much to share. I happen to know that the story, it's, it's a little up, it's a little down, it's a little up, but it ends up amazing and inspiring. So I'm just so grateful you're willing to share so much.
1: (laughs) I'm an open book, as you know.
0: (laughs) Uh, Yay. Okay. Well, with that, we're going to wrap up today's episode. I'm sure anyone listening is like, what? (laughs) (laughs) So you'll just have to tune in next week when we publish the next episode. I'm not going to make anyone wait, Brian. I'm going to have you right back to back in your episodes, if that's cool.
1: Absolutely. Um,
0: And we can continue learning I'm loving, I am loving the details too because I just have missed some of these along the way. So, you know, your story of surrogacy and becoming parents is just truly inspirational and I really appreciate you sharing. And I just thank you for, you know, starting this story with us here today and we can't wait to hear the rest.
1: Of course, I'm very excited to continue um, telling our journey and telling our story with you next week. And hopefully people will be like, anxiously waiting.
0: (laughs) I think they will. (laughs) Knowing everyone following you, I think they will. So thank you so much for listening and for meeting the amazing Brian. Stay tuned for next week so you can hear the rest of the story. And again, this is Liberty Bernal. Thank you for listening to Motivated with Liberty. Have a wonderful rest of your day. This has been another episode of Motivated with Liberty. For even more inspiration and motivation, join me on Instagram at Liberty Bernal Fitness.